Hey, Shane here from Venture Forth. I play Kellick on the podcast, and I also score and edit all of our episodes. A couple folks on our team took some time with family this past weekend, so instead of releasing an episode this week, we thought it'd be neat to catch listeners up on events so far in case they want to start right with us on the action in the next episode. So this week, I'm doing a quick recap. Hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Shane. 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 And I'm your recapper, Shane. Welcome to Harken Back. A holy war wages between the nations of our world, Elbor. To the east, Arndale and Ganboldir defend the echelon of the old gods, but their usurpers, the new gods, are growing in power, and the willing nation of Kaldor has taken up their cause in this great conflict. Like any story worth telling, ours began with an unlikely gathering of disparate creatures. On the front line of the war, Coldcrest Outpost, a recently powerless half-drow healer by the name of Kellick Gray, was unceremoniously relieved of duty and packing his things when an aspiring adventurer, the halfling Flynn Fellowweave, approached him with a peculiar Aarakocra named Shreya in tow. What are oh. you doing here? Oh, sorry. Um, my name is Flynn Fellowweave, and uh, this is Shreya. Um, we've we've kind of come here. He's got, He's had some problems, and essentially I'm... I'm coming down here to uh, see if I can maybe get a group together. Right. Uh, you have a plan, then. You're you're going somewhere, doing something. Yes, I I have a plan. Um, where? But but first, where else could we go? Um, it seems like you've been here for a while. Where Where else could we go to find more people? Um, you want is to there find like a, a gathering place? I saw a bigger tent earlier. Is that where we should go to get a few more folk? Uh. Sure. I mean, there's folk around here, but most of them are are taking part in the... I don't know if you know this, there's a war going on. The group discovered a pair of wounded travelers washed up on shore from some unknown explosion. A young girl named Oma and a rigid Goliath named Marsh. Marshaline, but don't call her that. Actually, the name's Marshaline. If you ever call me that, I will step on you. Please call me March. Not sure Thank why you. you told me your full name if you don't want me to call it, but okay, sure. March, <laughs> got it. Well, I thought you were a child. I'm sorry. Uh, that happens. I understand. Lodged in March's burnt shoulder were several crystals, and one of them contained some kind of evil spirit, which turned Kellek's failures, the corpses of soldiers, into a fighting force. You look back to the, the little tin that you put those crystals in that you took out of March. Oh, no. And you can see one of them uh, t- two of them look just about like they did uh, with a dull white glow. Um, one of them, however, is beginning to vibrate and beginning to glow a little bit brighter and brighter. And as it is, you notice that this one is cracked, unlike the other two. This one has a, a slight crack running through it. And from the tray, uh, a wisp of white smoke comes up from where the crystal was and it wisps around the room. And at this point, everyone begins to notice this this ghostly wisp flying around the room. And it makes its way over, and it hovers above a smaller human who is deceased. And it moves over to the next one, and it moves to uh, a pretty well-built elf 
and then it moves over to the next one to a massive half-orc that is laying dead on the table. And then it rushes towards his face, fills his nostrils and his mouth as the (gasps) half-orc springs back to life. And he looks down at his hands, and he looks back and forth as he opens his hands and closes his hands, getting re-familiarized with the muscles and how they work. And he looks over to all of you, and he looks confused. And he looks over each one of you guys, and he opens his mouth to speak, but the voice that comes out is not that of a massive half-work. It's that of a woman. And the voice emanates as they're looking down at their hands and goes, Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> this is very interesting. Once the zombies were defeated, the spirit of the crystal vanished. And our heroes decided to take that as a cue to leave with the remaining crystals tucked away in Trias feathers. Kellogg wished his fellow doctor, Jarn and Frostthane, goodbye, and the party hit the road. Flynn gave the band direction. He was on a mission to... <laughs> I'm not really sure. Uh, be a hero. A member of the Iron Light Collective, he was tasked to seek out those in need and aid them however he might to earn his place in the Iron Light. Shrya had just such a need. His commune in the Shadow Timberland was under siege by... Go figure. Shadows. And terrible changes were taking place there. This is a strange dark energy seems to emanate from different sources and is very as soon as you think you're going into a larger concentration of it it seems to escape away from you all at once and yet its presence is somehow strangely felt all over what is it doing to the people of your village what what kind of effect is it having it manifests in different ways in some people it causes terrors in the night in other ways the The livestock and the small children see visions, terrifying visions. And there are anecdotal reports that it's driving some people to the brink of their own sanity. They set out to cross the river to the Timberland. But first they'd need a boat. Enter a fisherman named James, who offered a reasonable price until Flynn discovered a hidden talent and drew a portrait of the old man. Awestruck, a friendship was forged, and the adventurers promised to seek out James and Addersfeld when they made their way there. James warned them that the Shadow Timberland was a dangerous place, but the adventurers put their new boat to work and delved deep into the woods to Shrya's commune. A land of elves devoted to Ilduria, the old god of nature. The commune was a beautiful place with only one major flaw. Pernicious shadows beckoned the townsfolk to be their worst selves, and monsters lurked in the pervasive darkness. The only thing keeping the dark at bay were ancient light runes inscribed on holy trees throughout the forest. But even this light had begun to wane. Shrya's old friend and leader of the commune, Farlane, met the group at the gates and introduced them to an ill-fated guard named Alathar. His name uh, is Alathar Dazumin. Dazumin, got it. He he was one of the first to go off into the forest. just before this this all began happening um i i again i wish not to speak ill of anyone but the timing is suspicious hmm so you think he may have something to do with this 
He might be the reason why this shadow stuff has happened. As uh, someone of your profession, um, what what is your opinion as to what we should do with him? I, I over these last few days, I have tried to think of things. I, I do not know, but I am now almost certain that we, we must give him back to the shadows. He he belongs there. He is not doing anything for anyone here, and, and I fear something might come of him. A grisly sight, and only worsening, Kellick cast protection from good and evil on the suffering elf to give him a little bit of solace and maybe get some answers. <sighs> there were goblins. Um, and then they, uh, there was the red wolf. Clutching his chest and sweating profusely, the incoherent elf could say very little of what had befallen him as he chased goblins into the shadows to the north. You saw, you saw a wolf. Was it a, a, a an animal, uh, or something, something else, something more? It kept. It's, it's this, this vision in my head of the red wolf. After resting and regaining their strength, the party set out to the north. Their search led them to a cluster of spiderwebbed trees and two humanoid-sized cocoons. Alathar's company of guards. After defeating the giant spiders and freeing the elves from their gossamer prisons, they discovered that they'd missed something critical. We tried to stop him from getting back. Alathar took something. We tried to stop him from getting back. D- tell me he did not make it back. What? Oh. No, he's there now. He's there now. In a mad dash, past a near-death encounter with some killer vines. Alma, are you are you okay? What's going on? I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> was pretty much what I The adventurers arrived at the commune in the nick of time. Farlane had determined his only course of action was to kill Alathar, or deliver him back to the shadows, or whatever kind of weird logic he applied to the situation. If you will not cast him to the shadows, I will take care of him right now. Initiative was rolled between our heroes and the civilians of the commune, and Olma and March quickly demonstrated a capacity for dealing lethal blows. It's, it's, it is... Seven points of lightning damage. Um, and the second I see that it's happened, I release his arm. And I go, I'm sorry! With a seizing motion, as all of his muscles tense up, he falls limp and he falls to the ground. You can see that blood is now dripping oh. out of his ear as he yeah. hits the ground. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You guys have to listen. You have to stay back. It's too dangerous. It's too dangerous. You can't go. Um, then I would like to punch him. Okay, make your attack roll. Uh, 21. Uh, 21 definitely hits. Yeah, roll your damage. It's actually not any roll. It's just automatic five bludgeoning. Jesus. Okay. You run up to this elf and you just deck him. Um, You feel his nose break under the force of your punch. And as he falls to the ground, his head hits the stone behind him. (gasps) And you can see a bit of blood coming out from behind (laughs) his head. Damn it. Stop killing them! Meanwhile, Kellick, Shreya, and Flynn set about protecting Alathar from Farlane, removing the cursed relic, a jagged gold fragment, from Alathar's hand and putting themselves in the way of Farlane's attacks. Flynn, Kellick, and Shreya begged for an end to the conflict. Farlane! My old friend! Surely you can see reason! There's no need for there to be senseless violence and bloodshed in the midst of the encroaching darkness! Can't you see what's upon you? You see the shadows closing in, and they're not just closing in on the light around you, they're closing in on the light of your souls. 
And now you take this man's life instead of giving us a chance to heal him? Thankfully, their pleas reached the ears of the people of the commune, and the battle was put to an end. Winded, wounded, and scared, but having regained some semblance of order, our heroes picked up the pieces of their mistakes. I actually grabbed a few of these acorns to remind me of this place, and if you don't want it, I can hold on to it until later, but I thought maybe it might help you remember that, you know, there are good memories and bad memories, but they help us grow. Oma will reach out and, and take a hold of the acorn and just look at it in her hand, and she'll just stare at it. I don't think I want to remember. And she'll put it back on the ground. It'll be okay. Taking a deep breath, they set out north to the graveyard no one knew existed, joined by a repentant Farlane. I suggest perhaps you come with us. I can come with you. I just... I don't feel like I can stay here anymore. I understand. Within the unnamed graveyard was an unmarked tomb, littered with the corpses of goblins and metal soldiers. The adventurers found a mysterious teleporting gem, a gauntlet with a gem-sized hole, and a horrifying red werewolf wearing a crown that matched Balathar's golden fragment. And you can see one large hulking mass of, of orange and red fur off in the corner consuming one of these goblin bodies. And you can hear it ripping its, its jaw wide open and taking flesh from this goblin body. And as it turns around and faces you, you can see its face for the first time. And you can see all of its body is, is this red werewolf-type figure. But then you can see just on uh, his right shoulder and coming up the neck and into his face, you can see a, a bit of green from where a goblin body might once have resided. And as he turns to you and growls, I'm going to have you guys all roll initiative. Our heroes set about battling the wolf, culminating in Flynn climbing atop the beast to remove its cursed headpiece. I'll sheath my... (laughs) This is stupid. I'll sheath my sword, (laughs) put my shield on my back, (laughs) try and climb this thing. (laughs) Do it! Oh, no. (laughs) Seemed like a bad idea, but he pulled it off. Get it? What would you like to do? I'm going to pull that thing off. Woo! <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> 11. I'm not rolling this dice anymore. What's his dexterity? That's going to be a five. <gasps> no You rip it off of its head, and immediately it releases, and you are flung back Whoa. off of the creature, and you hit your back onto the ground, now free from it. Once the crown was removed, the giant red werewolf turned into a shivering goblin. Having defeated him, the team discovered that this tomb was a home to a number of unsettling sarcophagi, each labeled with some indecipherable text and a name. Here lies the Red Wolf, Master of Shadows, a fearless leader and a faithful servant, son of the Archfey Dalmok and father to the fallen storm. If his rest be disturbed, the waking world shall bear witness to the horrors of his final breath. <gasps> One such casket was uninhabited. That of Corvin Amberstone, right hand to the Red Wolf. Despite being unnerved by this discovery, our heroes found a recessed portion of the Red Wolf's grave, where the crown fit perfectly. All right. Well, here goes nothing. And I'll pull the crown out of my bag and walk over to the crypt. Okay. And you put the crown back in the tomb? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Such a loaded question. Yeah, I do. So you reach down and you put the 
crown back into the little placeholder where it was. Mm -hmm. And you guys feel a rush of wind come from behind you, from the entrance of the tomb, a rush back towards this coffin. And you guys see around you the darkness that has been encapsulating this this entire catacomb here begins to recede. And like water reversing out of out of uh, this this tomb begins to co- go back and uh, seemingly recede back into the casket. Triumphant but exhausted and daunted by the hellish engravings of this tomb, our heroes made their way back to the commune to celebrate. And celebrate they did, but not all was jubilant in light of this crisis of shadows. And Kellick was pulled aside by a mysterious young elf bearing a divine marking. And this young elf turns to you, ashes being whisked away by his eyes. And he says, As you look over this, do you see a truth in this? Do you see the sorrow and the despair here? Do you see how the old gods can make them so weak and so passive? This is the truth that I'm imparting to you now, that when they're hungry, Ilduria feeds them. When they're hurt, Ilduria heals them. And when they're sad, Ilduria consoles them. But when the day came that the old gods could not protect them, where were they left? They were left squabbling with open arms, waiting for the darkness to take them. My promise to you is the same as my promise to the world, that when this petty conflict is over, we the gods will step back will give the power back to you and to the people so that you do not become passive and weak like this, so that you can be truly free in your own life. Continue your good work, for this is the truth that I impart to you now. And you can see the the last wisps of of ash uh, uh, remove themselves from this elves' skin, and you can see once more the the pupils begin to return. Wait, I have questions. Questions about what? Please. (laughs) Reach into your mind, lad. Do you see anything? Can you tell me anything? I'm I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. You have to know! And he, he backs away and you tell me, you tell me something, you tell me why they left you here. I'm so, I'm sorry. I don't why I don't know what you're you talking know about. Why did you know of this grave? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. This I'm wolf, so I'm so sorry. He rained hell on your people and you can do nothing. Why? Kalak, Kalak, Kalak. It's okay. With mixed feelings, but their duty done, the group realigned themselves. Should they stay together? What were their next steps? Shouldn't Shreya stay with his people in the commune? But something has changed within me. Something is calling me to leave this place too. I will be sad to leave. And yet, I will always have a strong place in my heart, Farlane, where you and your people shall always remain. And he grabs you by the feathers and brings you in for a huge hug. And he sort of rests his hand, his head on your shoulder. Oh, Farlane, I will miss you very much. And I, you, my friend. If you guys want to come with us, we can figure out maybe what those crystals do. You're more than welcome to join us on, on our trek there. I, uh, 
I'm of the mind that we should be always moving. Um, I suppose moving from here makes the most sense. And now that, you know, we know that we can trust you guys, uh, I, I'm happy to continue moving along with you. So they sailed out of the forest and trekked on foot to Addersfeld, a huge city that had once been home to both Flynn and Kellick. When they arrived, however, they found that much had changed and conditions outside the city had worsened substantially. Incapable of resisting a perceived injustice, the party found themselves embattled with a local militia. If you're responsible for him, then you must take the punishment for him not paying. And she puts her hand on her sword. I'll step in front of <laughs> Kelly. I look down. Stop there. You'll not take a thing from this man. Or you'll face my wrath. And my whole arm is glowing with a, a bright, pale light. Olma took the time to speak to some of the locals in the area and was able to determine that these weren't exactly an adversarial force, but more along the lines of tax collectors. I'm still not really sure what was going on, but our heroes worked out that they were in over their heads. And I say, why won't you just talk to us? We weren't trying to do anything. Kellogg was offering to pay for this man's fees. And, and you didn't say, it's not a fee. You didn't say, no, that's not what we're doing here. We're trying to redistribute. You didn't say anything. You just were like, get out of my way. I'm gonna, or I'll beat you up. <laughs> Their misunderstanding resolved and no permanent harm done. The party entered the city and Flynn returned to the Iron Light to perform his binding ritual. Is he going to be all right in there? Man, I sure hope so. <laughs> well, no, I hope so too now. He seems like a good guy. Oh my god. Look at my hand, my left hand that I'm holding a paintbrush in, with a tattoo right on my wrist, this black tattoo that's in a circle, all these little intricate des- designs going in a circle around my, on my, like right on my wrist, on the inside of my wrist. And I'll look at it. Whew, all right, here we go. And I'll dip the paintbrush in the ink, and I'll start delicately painting the symbol on my wrist, the black symbol. I'll start painting it all over the sword. I'll put a circle here, do the description, move up a little bit, put it there. And I'll basically begin covering the sword in this black ink of the symbol on my left arm. And you can see the runes now, they don't glow, but they, they deepen in their blackness and they inset themselves permanently on the sword. Tatted up and nearly dying to a big plant monster. Kill it now. Five plus that, uh, 12 points of piercing damage. And with that, you swing and this thing goes completely limp. (laughs) (laughs) Flynn ascended into a higher status as an Eldritch Knight. Meanwhile, Olma, Kellek, and March traveled to the temple district to seek out answers regarding the text they'd found in the tomb of the Red Wolf. In death as in life, I shall serve the outcast. And then and then the second part of that? May my end be the beginning. What dark fate awaits these trespassers of graves lost to time? What lies beneath the surface of this world of gods and frauds and paths untrod? What spirits rest in the remaining crystals enmeshed in Shrya's feathers? Who was the Red Wolf? And why did his kin now walk the earth of Elbor? Join us next week for the next episode of Venture Forth.